Please pray with me. Father, we are so thankful for your word that it is always on time, that the lectionary was set together a very long time ago, and yet it is so appropriate for us today. Lord, may our ears be open to hear your word. May our eyes be open to see you. May our hearts be lit on fire, much like Cleopas and his companion today. And Lord, I am your servant. I have nothing to say unless you say it. I really don't have anything to offer you, Lord, but take what I have and use it for your glory. We ask this all in the mighty name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. When things don't go our way, what usually happens? We're excited. No. We're okay with it. No. We get disappointed. Disappointment when our plans don't materialize, when twists of life catch us off guard, when people let us down. Disappointment, the sadness and displeasure of the non-fulfillment of our hope or expectation. The non-fulfillment. There was a small town prosecuting attorney uh, who caught his first witness to the stand, a grandmother in the community, an elderly woman. And he approached her and asked her this first question. Mrs. Jones, do you know me? Mrs. Jones replied, well, yes, I do know you, Mr. Williams. I've known you since you were born. And frankly, you're a big disappointment to me. You lie, you cheat on your wife, you manipulate people, you talk about them behind their backs, you think you're a rising big shot and you don't have the brains to even realize you'll never amount to anything more than a two-bit paper pusher. Oh, I know who you are. The attorney stunned. Didn't know what to do. He pointed at the prosecuting attorney and said, do you, do you know him, Mrs. Jones? And she replied, why, yes, I do. I've known Mr. Bradley since he was born, too. I used to babysit him when his parents wanted to go out. He, too, is a big disappointment to me. He's lazy, bigoted, and has a drinking problem. He can't even build a normal relationship with anyone. And his law practice is the most crooked one in the entire state. I know who he is. And at that point, the whole courtroom erupted, and the judge hit his hammer. Silence, silence, silence. And he called those two attorneys forward, and he says, if you dare ask her if she knows me, I'm going to have both of you jailed for contempt of court. <laughs> she was disappointed in those two young men that she raised. Today we deal with an issue we probably don't like to talk about, our own disappointments. We try to sh stay away from them. But throughout the scriptures, disappointment is a common thing. Joseph had a God-given dream and yet had to wade through years of disappointment before it was realized. Job lost everything he had in a matter of moments. Jeremiah, God's appointed prophet, 
and both he himself and his message was rejected. Paul, Christ's own apostle to the Gentiles, persecuted by his own people. Today we encounter two men, Cleopas and his companion. They were disappointed. They had hoped that Jesus was the one to redeem Israel, their non-fulfillment on full display. Jerusalem, the city of promise. Emmaus. You know what Emmaus means? Obscurity. They were walking off into the sunset, into obscurity. It's over. It's done. There's nothing left for us to do to go, but go back to our old hometown and our old way of life. What we had hoped has been unfulfilled. Today, the when, how, and what are hard questions to answer. When will things go back to a, a state of at least a new normal? We don't know. Jesus comes up to them and asks them, hey, what are you talking about, guys? What are you uh, walking here talking about? And I love how Luke records it. They stood still, looking sad. Anybody remember Hee Haw? That's what I thought about. Gloom, despair, agony on me. Whoa. They stood still, looking sad. And even behind all the people wearing masks today, you can still see they're sad because disappointment has struck their lives. Even in our household, disappointment has ran through it like another pandemic. Nadine, I'm going to talk about, he's back here, I'm going to talk about him too. I'll talk about all my kids today because they're not here. Nadine was probably the biggest disappointment of all. She had a full ride for summer abroad learning in France. Canceled. No guarantee that it would ever be reinstated. Michael entering his sophomore year, the, the year to shine as the golf player, the coaches start really looking at you. Two practice rounds, golf is canceled. Joanna, her eighth grade field trip, the big one that everyone looks forward to, canceled. Even Angelia, she just wants to go back to school. No hope for that. Cancel. Disappointment is rampant. And disappointment can either make us or break us depending on how we respond to it. These two guys were disappointed, walking slowly. I can see them, their head down. Why couldn't Jesus have been the one? And what are we going to do? Cleopas? I don't know. At least my name's in the Bible. They didn't even record yours. <laughs> and I'm sure he said that. <laughs> We're having way too much fun. It's a pandemic. But what is the outcome of disappointment? Why is it so dangerous? First of all, disappointment can blind you. They didn't even recognize Jesus. I mean, I think the nail scars would have been a giveaway, but they didn't recognize him because disappointment will blind us. We can't see the wonderful things God is doing, even in the midst of what we perceive as a disappointment. Look, on the roads, man, there's less traffic. It's like 10 minutes to get to work. 
there's a greater sense of togetherness, even though we're virtually together. There's more family time. Cheap gas, $1.39 the other day. A whole $11 to fill the tank. Man, that was good. I took a picture of it. <laughs> the life, the pace of life is slower. I even took a nap yesterday. I don't think I did that since 1991. There's still good things happening. Maybe not what we wanted, but they're still there. Don't let disappointment blind you. What else can disappointment do? It will disillusion you. These two guys were walking off into obscurity. It's very easy to lose perspective when we're disappointed. In the heat of the moment, we lose perspective. And we forget what the old farmer said at the old country church, man. It was testimony night. Wednesday was testimony night. You ever grew up, you've been in church where Wednesday was testimony night? The preacher probably didn't have a sermon prepared, so it was like, hey, let's have testimony night. I loved them. This old farmer, pretty illiterate, as most old farmers are, he would always stand up and say the same thing with his hard, weathered look, his calloused hands. He'd grab the back of the pew and stand up and say, Preacher, I'm thankful for my favorite verse in the Bible. It came to pass. And he'd sit back down every time. And the preacher went to him one time after the servant said, why, do you, why is that your favorite scripture? It came to pass. Well, whatever's bad in my life now, it came into it to pass out of it. It ain't going to stay. That's much where we are. Disappointments come and go. But God always knows what he's doing. Disappointment will also cause frustration. These two guys obviously frustrated. Their reply, are you the only one who doesn't know what happened here? Really? How about us? It's easy to get frustrated. Probably our favorite stores are closed. Kids are getting aggravated at being at home all the time doing schoolwork stacked on top of each other. The lines in the stores, the limit to get in, having to wait to go into the hardware store to get something to fix your house. The worry over financial future. It's easy to be frustrated. Much like these two today, maybe some of us are disappointed. But what is the key to overcoming disappointment? It's pretty easy. His name is Jesus. Jesus is presence. And even before they even knew it was Jesus, their heart had started catching on fire. As they said, were not our hearts burning when he was talking to us? Jesus is the only solution to our disappointment. And you may be struggling with an impossible feeling that you cannot overcome. And you're right. You can't overcome it. Only Jesus can. Because as one person said, when Jesus shows up, Disappointments blow up. I like that. 
Jesus is the only one who can transform defeat into victory, sadness into singing, bitterness into sweetness. Jesus is only the one who can reveal what really is going on. Even in the midst of our disappointment, he brought clarity to these guys. From the beginning to the end, he revealed every scripture about himself. We may not understand, but Jesus does. This week I was reminded, my grandfather used to sing a lot of old hymns. He had a hymnal. You never see a song on the screen with him around. It's got to be in a book. And he had an old guitar, and I have that old guitar in my house, and I still play it. I remember him. And I remember this song this week that he used to sing, and I used to thought it was the funniest song because it says the word molested is in it. And it, I would always giggle when he'd come to that line. But it's tempted and tried, we're off made to wonder why it should be thus all the day long. While there are others living about us, never molested, though in the wrong. Farther along, the chorus says, we'll know more about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. Cheer up, my brother. Live in the sunshine. We'll understand it all. By and by, in the last verse, they never would sing the last verse. I don't know why. But it says, soon we'll see our dear, excuse me, loving Savior. Hear the last trumpet sound through the sky. Then we will meet those gone on before us. Then we shall know and understand why. In our disappointments, we don't have to ask God why. I remember one time in the, in the Philippines, I was really mad, upset. I said, God, why is all of this happening? I was disappointed, angry, upset, aggravated, frustrated, disillusioned, everything. I was like these two guys. I was in my house sitting down looking sad. I said, why? And the Lord whispered into my voice, you don't need to know why. You need to know me. You're right, Lord. Forgive me. Because Jesus is the only way to overcome disappointment in our life. Where do we find Jesus? These two guys were walking beside him. He expounded the scriptures. And that's the first place we find Jesus is his word. St. Augustine, and I love St. Augustine. He's a good friend of mine. We go way back. Michael's middle name is Augustine for this very reason. Every, he said, every page in the Bible is a hymn to Christ. The Holy Scriptures are our letters from home. Peter says today, hey, don't you know you've been born again with a seed that is not perishable but imperishable? That is the living, abiding word of God. What was Jesus' first parable? What is the parable of the sower? That's his first parable that he spoke, that's recorded. The parable of the sower, what's the whole point of that parable? The sower sows the word. The word is the seed of the life of the kingdom. When God created the cosmos, what did he do? He went to the Home Depot and said, what do we need, Jesus, to build all this stuff? No. He said, let there be. His word was the reason all of this came into being. 
And it's his word that still causes all the things in our life to come into being. The parable of the sower reminds us, what word do you allow to take root in your life? I'm all for being informed. The news, media, it's great to be informed. But there's only one source that you should be formed by. Your thoughts, your words, your actions. Because if we let what we hear in media and around us sink deep into our heart, guess what? We're all going to be panicked and disappointed. But Jesus says, hey man, I got you. What do you allow to form your thoughts, your speech, and your actions? It can only be God's word. These men were reasoning in their own thoughts with their, the natural evidence that they saw. They didn't even take into account the scriptures and what Jesus had said. Today, if you're disappointed, go to the word. Go to the word. We just sang before I read the gospel. It's living and active. It's not dead. There's grace. When you read this and you read it to form your spirit and your thoughts, there's grace present. And his name is Jesus. I can't tell you how many times I've read these scriptures and he showed up in a mighty way. I just stood on it and I confessed it. And I believed it and it came to pass. Where's the next place that Jesus is revealed? We've got the word and right there, the table. Why did Luke say they only recognized him when he broke the bread? Because just like when we read this and Jesus is present, when we come to the Lord's table, guess who's present? Jesus. That's why we have a red candle over there. We almost forgot to light it, though. But he's here. He's among us. Again, St. Augustine said, recognize in the bread what hung on the cross and in the chalice what flowed from his side. Listen carefully to the next one. God, in his omnipotence, could not give more. God, in his wisdom, knew not how to give more. God in his riches had not more to give than the Eucharist. There's been a couple of times in my life I've asked God, Lord, is there something real here? One was Michael's baptism. I said, God, is this real? I mean, this, Michael don't know what's going on. And he said, yeah, it is. Because right before when he came out of the water, no joke, folks. I saw a little flame of fire go right into the top of his head. He said, Lord, I, I, I trust you. And that the second time I asked God, is something really happening here, was in my time in Manila also. I was the Friday celebrant at the 6 a.m. Eucharist. That's right, 6 a.m. We woke the chickens up so they could wake everybody else up. So where I lived, due to traffic, even at 6 a.m. in the morning, I had to leave at least by 4.15 to get there in time to get ready. And Friday was the day everybody wanted to go home. 
And there was time after time I was there Friday pouring myself out. Lord, is this even real? And I went in there one Friday. I said, God, if something's really happening here, you show me, please. Because I'm sleepy. I'm, so, I'm tired. I already fought 45 minutes of traffic in the darkness. They're sleeping anyway, Lord. Everything was normal. They're sleeping, nodding off. You know how it is, the head bobs. I, I had all of it going on. At the breaking of the bread, it was as if that the ceiling of the cathedral was removed. And the Lord said, let me show you what's really happening. And the whole great cloud of witness was revealed. I couldn't see their faces, but I just stood there crying in silence, and they're all still sleeping. I said, Lord, if I'm the only one awake, you're here. Something wonderful is happening. Because we remember. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And the, the word in Scripture doesn't mean just to intellectually recall. It is making that past event the present reality of our lives. Where do we find Jesus? On the table and in these pages. St. Jerome said, and I love this, this sounds like something I would say. If Christ did not dismiss the crowd without food in the desert for fear that they would collapse on the way, it was to teach us that it is dangerous to try to get to heaven without the bread of heaven. Are your eyes open today? Is your heart burning within you? Are you sitting around looking sad? Have you seen Jesus? Have you seen his work in your life? Have you recognized that he alone is the cure for all your disappointments and your anxieties? This week, we had a great test of disappointment. I don't remember what day it was. Shelly called me at 2 o'clock. Something horrible has happened. My immediate thought, she wrecked the brand new car. Then it wasn't there. I said, like, what happened? I lost my wallet at Walmart. We can't find it. I said, we'll go to the police station. Uh, report it, and she's on there crying and moaning, and you know, everything's in there. Cancel all the cards. She knows what to do. You're a banker. She did. I get home, and it's like 3 45, almost 4 o'clock. I walk in the door. She's probably going to smack me after this, but it's all, it's going to be worth it in the end. There she was, her blood pressure through the roof, anxiety through the roof, her arms going numb. She's just having a panic attack or something, and she's there. It's all, it's, it's over. They're going to steal my identity. The worst case scenario was all she could see. Me and Michael were trying to fix the kitchen light, and I'm standing on the chair trying to fix the kitchen light. I said, You just need to stop. No, you need to stop. Only Jesus can do something, it's out of your hands. Yeah. She laid there for another five, ten minutes. 
She sat up. I'm going to go outside and mess with my plants. Only Jesus can do something. You think? Five minutes after she got outside, her phone's ringing. Unknown number. Answer it. Um, is this Shella Kramer? Yes, it is. Did you lose your wallet today? Yes, I did. Were you in Oak Ridge at all today? No, that's about 15 miles from where I was. Well, a lady has found your wallet at Wendy's in Oak Ridge. Uh, I'm a deputy sheriff, and we can meet you at such and such location to hand it over to you if you would like. And at that point, she's crying in tears, can't even hardly talk. And yeah, yeah, we'll meet you. We'll be right there. We go. She had some cash in the wallet. Everything else in there, her whole identity was in that wallet. Police hands, the deputy sheriff hands it over to her, says, look through it, see if there's anything missing. Not only was nothing missing, nothing was even out of place. Because five minutes before he called, we prayed again. Jesus, only you can do something in this situation. You arrest any evil intention that's going to happen for whoever has that wallet. And the sheriff said, we've hardly ever seen anything like this. Five hours after you lose the wallet, it's recovered 15 miles away and nothing is missing and nothing is even out of place. Her disappointment soon turned to joy. She said, let's go get a milkshake to celebrate. <laughs> because Jesus is the only one who can cure our disappointments. But you have to reach out to him. You have to recognize him in his word and on the table. Draw your strength from him. He will not fail. He won't let you down. He will keep you. Today, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, I know you're there where you are, but Jesus is there with you. Look to him this morning. When you see that bread elevated and broken, recognize Jesus in your life. Recognize him at work and what he's doing in your life. He's kept you and he will keep you. He'll reveal what he's doing in your life. Just listen. Let him have it because the key was in Shella's disappointing wallet episode. She said, when she sat up on the couch and said, I'm going to go mess with my plants, she said, Lord, it's in your hands. In your hands. Let whatever is bothering you today, let it go into his hands. And you might just see something miraculous. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand as we.